Hi, this is John calling from Brooklyn, New York. And I want to know um, how to become a baseball fan. I've never been a baseball fan, but I want to become a fan for the rest of my life. Thanks. That's a great question, John. And I think maybe the best person to help you is a fan. Yeah, uh, Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Do you, do you have any advice? First, watch it on television. And the TV announcers are going to hate me. But turn off the sound of the announcers and put on the radio announcers. Okay. And the reason I say that is the radio announcers, in words, have to describe what's happening on the field. And so, because you're not seeing it, the TV announcers are doing something else. Right. And if you're listening to them, they will explain the strategy of the game. Uh-huh. They'll tell you where the pitcher is pitching and why, outside corner, where, what the strengths and weaknesses are of the batter. You know, there's a whole analysis about every hitter. Where does he hit to? Which field? What's his weaknesses and what's his strength? And if you watch how they're setting themselves up on the field, you'll begin to understand that strategy. Yeah. In the end, for me, baseball is a moment to take a long, long breath because it lets you slow yourself down a little bit, especially if you come from a place like New York. You know, I lived in Brooklyn. It's as fast-paced as any of the other boroughs in New York. Yeah. And to sit down on a Sunday afternoon and watch a baseball game, you can actually smile. I think it's worth uh, mentioning again, we are listening to Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor talking about baseball. Well, now, it almost sounds, and uh, pardon me for saying this, but that you're almost saying that baseball is, is good because it's kind of boring. Oh, no, not at all. You know, no baseball game is won or lost until the last out. Mm-hmm. My brother and I had this debate growing up. He was a great, great basketball fan. I would watch basketball, and halfway through the game, if it was a blowout, you already knew it. Yeah. yeah. All right? That's just not baseball. Every game is a toss-up. No, boring it's not. I think one argument that sometimes people make against baseball is that you you look at a baseball team, and it looks like uh, a bunch of guys you saw in the bar last night. Like Unlike a basketball (laughs) team, they don't necessarily look like athletes. You know something? I've been privileged to have gone on the field with the Yankees a number of times. I think the world knows I'm a Yankee fan. All right. I'm amazed. You're right. In their uniforms, they look, some of them look a little bit out of shape. Every one of them is buffed. (laughs) Really? Yeah. They're really very, very athletic. And don't the Yankees, the Yankees also have something of an advantage in the way that they look. They wear pinstripes. Yeah, vertical stripes. Which are slimming. Yeah, but I've seen them um, in T-shirts, <laughs> and they're still they're still muscular. <laughs> okay. Can I can I ask you? You mentioned, of course, and you, and it's well known you're a Yankees fan. Would you, if a case came up that had something to do with the Yankees, would you have to recuse yourself? Oh gosh, no. Okay. You know, I I mean, every justice, every judge, is a human being. Yeah. We have. Sports we like, we have experiences we've had. Um, We're people too. 
And as people, if you recused yourself from every case <laughs> that came before you because you've had a personal experience of some type, um, you would never have a full court right. deciding anything. You'd have what you have, which is confidence in the legal system in understanding that a justice knows the difference between enjoying a hot dog on a Sunday afternoon and the serious business of deciding a legal question. The twain doesn't meet. As a Supreme Court justice, you guys wear those big black robes. Do you ever wear Yankee uh, colors underneath your robe? Oh, no. I wear a suit. (laughs) (laughs) Any last word for John to solidify his baseball fandom? John, it's a beautiful game. As I said to you, go back, sit back, put a smile on your face, watch and listen. You'll fall in love. This is How to Do Everything. I'm Mike. And I'm Ian. On today's show, we have a camouflage-based how-to. And of course, yet another toilet of the week. But first, the Super Bowl is this Sunday. It's the Ravens versus the 49ers. Two brothers, Jim Harbaugh versus John Harbaugh. And if you're in Vegas or uh, you're somewhere else and you don't care about gambling laws, you can make a bet on who wins the game. But you could also make a number of other creative bets. These are called prop bets. Yeah. Whatever you can think of to bet on someone in Vegas will uh, take your money. On the line with us now to talk about this is R.J. Bell. He's a gambling expert and the founder of pregame.com. So, R.J., what kind of things uh, can you make a bet on this year? You can bet on will Jay-Z join Beyonce on stage during the halftime show Uh Or how many times are they going to show Jack Harbaugh, the father of both of the coaches? Now, wait a minute. I could bet, if I wanted to, on whether or not Jay-Z will join Beyonce on stage. That's for real? Absolutely. In fact, he's an underdog right now. $100 wins you 110 if Jay-Z joins Beyonce. Now, but don't you think that there's a producer or some production staff at CBS who are producing the... the broadcast of the halftime show and the Super Bowl, they'll know the answer to that. They they got the inside track. Here's the thing. With these quirkier prop bets, the limits are usually quite low. So some of these are as low as $100. Sometimes you can bet 500 But with the quirky ones, it's very rare to be able to bet more than, let's say, $500. Wait, what are some of the other sort of, uh, I guess, beyond football prop bets that are out there for people? So the coin flip is very popular uh-huh. because of its simplicity, because of the perversity of it, if you think about it. Being able to bet on a coin flip on national TV, I think, appeals. The, the, the combination of simplicity and perversity f- finds that <laughs> one, I think, particularly appealing. Now, what is also maybe not surprisingly, but, but for the stats guys, it's very interesting. There's been 46 Super Bowls. Heads have come up 23 times. Tails have come up 23 times. Oh, wow. So this is it. This is a make-or-break year. This decides it all. (laughs) Well, then next year will be a (laughs) catch-up year. Now, some of the other prop bets, you can, and this is a very popular one, how long will it take Alicia Keys to sing the national anthem? The over-under on this is 2 minutes and 15 seconds, which is actually much longer than any other national anthem over-under they've had the last five or six years. So they're expecting her to you know, be more improv, I guess, and, and extend it out. But this is a bet people love because, one, you can understand it. It's yeah. simple. Number two, it, it's very tactile. It's very, you're very engaged and involved with it where you've got your stopwatch on your iPhone. And then there's the controversy, right, because – 
Did you start at exactly the right time on the first note? How long did she hold that last note? Do you keep the applause? You know, and, and there's been numerous times in the last few years where it's been so close to the over-under that some sports books paid out the over and some paid out the under, even though they both had the same time for the over-under. It was just the way they taped it. So it has everything, simplicity, it has involvement of the batter, and it has the uh, possibility of controversy. So so that number, you know, t- two minutes and 15 seconds, it, am I to understand that somewhere there's like a team of statisticians who's evaluating past anthems versus, you know, past Alicia Keys performances and coming up with what they think is a fair number? <laughs> you know, it's funny. This is the first year that that hasn't been the case because in every prior year they've had this prop. There's been YouTube evidence, as they call it, of the the singer, the entertainer, actually singing this song in other instances. So literally you would see blog posts with five or six YouTube videos stacked embedded on top of each other and saying, well, the mean is this and the median is that, and but this time it was cold outside, so maybe she sang a little quicker than she will in a dome. And like the analysis on this is really very meta, very very involved and it's it's quite entertaining. Hey, is there a limit on the amount I can bet on the coin toss? You know, that's one that they they have big limits on because they're pretty comfortable. They have a 50-50 prop. Now, one funny anecdote here in Vegas, I've been in town since 98, and there used to be a story going around that, well, in the Super Bowl, there's a commemorative head, and the head is very pronounced and a little bit weightier, and thus physics dictates that the head's going to dive to the ground first, and thus more tails should come up than heads. Though, again, we've got 46 flips, 23-23 right now. So, okay, so we talk about uh, the anthem. We talk about Jay-Z. Are there any other non-football, non-game-related props that, that are out there? You can bet on the color of the Gatorade that's going to be dumped on the winning coach. <laughs> right now, clear or water is the favorite. Orange and yellow in second place. And then the long shots are blue, green, or red. You can bet on Beyonce's hair. Will it be straight or will it be curly? And it's 43% chance it's going to be straight. So curly's the favorite in that one. Are there any uh, prop bets involving the two coaches, the brothers, uh, the Harbaugh's? Yeah, a couple good ones on that. Uh, how many times will the name Harbaugh be said during the game? And the over-under on that is 21 and a half times. Wow. Yeah. And that's a very interesting one because will they be saying Jim and John or will they say Coach Harbaugh? You know, they're going to yeah. have to say Jim Harbaugh. So there's a lot of handicap going on in regards to how the announcers are going to handle this. Maybe my favorite one is what will be the length of the post-game handshake or hug between the Harbaugh brothers oh, wow. over under seven and a half seconds. Now, if they go, uh, as men often do, handshake into hug, is that that's still under seven seconds? Yeah, my sense is it's all-inclusive handshakes and hugs. Right. Okay, but that's not one of them. It could, is there, like, could you bet on the type of handshake? Like, could you do, like, hand, one hand, two-handed handshake, hand on the handshake and then hand on the shoulder? You know, again, there's another opportunity that, that the market hasn't fulfilled yet. I, I bet you could get great odds on kiss on the lips. I bet that would pay out pretty well. Well, thank you, RJ, for your time. There's a lot to consider here. Thanks, guys. That thing uh, that there was this uh, story in Vegas that maybe the commemorative coin was heavier 
on the head side, so it was more likely to come down heads. We were curious if, if that would actually be true, you know, physics-wise. Now, normally, when we start an interview, we set things up for you a little bit more, but here, we're just going to go straight into our conversation with Dr. Walt Lewin. He's a physics professor at MIT. Yeah, the phone picks up, and then this. Can you hear me? Yes, you sound very loud and clear. Can you hear us? I can hear you reasonably well, maybe not as well as you can hear me. Yeah. Okay, let's get back to the coin. Okay. <laughs> yes. I, I will change the coin, coin to a object that is made of aluminum. It's a disc. It's a perfect disc. It's about an inch high, and it has a certain radius. And you put on one side of that disc a letter H, which stands for head. And on the other side of the aluminum disc, you put the letter T, which stands for tail. Right. You throw this disc up in the air a thousand times you will see that very roughly about 500 times the T will be up and about 500 times the H will be up. Now, I take that disc, put it on the table, and I think of it as being a pie. Okay. The way you put a pie on the table. And I take a knife and I slice horizontally the disc right in the middle all the way through so now I have two identical discs. Each is half an inch thick. All right. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now I replace one of those, the one that had the H on it. I replace that by a disc with the same radius, half an inch thick, but it's made of brass. Okay. That brass disc will weigh about three times more than the aluminum disc, which is also half an inch. All right. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. I, I glue them together, and so now I have a disc which is half an inch brass and half an inch aluminum. I now throw this up in the air a thousand times. You will now see that more than 500 times, the brass will be on the floor. And the reason for that is that nature will always try to put an object down at the, what we call the lowest energy state. Okay. However, do this with a coin, you may have to throw 10 million times before you actually see that the heavy part wins. That's going to get tiring. If I have a quarter, right, and I, it's a quarter that has regular heads, regular tails, and on the head of the quarter is uh, George Washington, if yeah. I were to add to his head a little hat would that in any way adding that hat to the coin the only way you can determine that is by slicing it horizontally in two discs with equal thickness and weigh them independently now if i take a coin and i put uh, a piece of lead on the head side if you cut it slice it through the middle you can be sure that the head side is heavier than the tail side. Okay. So in that case, it is not necessary to go through the exercise of slicing the coil exactly in half. Because if you put a piece of lead there, you know that the lead side will win. So, Dr. Lewin, this weekend we have the Super Bowl. People are going to bet on the coin toss. <laughs> I wish them luck. Well, so if you, you, you of all okay, people... I, I will put my vote in. Yes, what is your vote? Okay, 50%. That is a terrible bet. <laughs> <laughs> you, I give you 50... 
Okay, I will, I will put my money on the head. Yeah. Okay, you're going to go heads. Here's another thing that people are going to be betting on this weekend. Let's, see, let's, let's hear what your call is. The bet is, will Beyonce's hair be curly or straight? Will what? Beyonce. She's the halftime show performer. She's going to be singing. I don't want to bet on that. I have no knowledge. I mean, to bet on something which is you know, completely beyond my uh, expertise or knowledge, how could I bet? That's, but that's how Las the Vegas is The only thing that I can do is I could go to the web and, and, and look at 100 pictures by her, and if she 80 times has curled and 20 times straight, I would say, well, I think there is a higher probability that her hair is curly. But even that is a very risky business. So what you could do, you could, you could try to get a PhD and, and make a study and get all her pictures, if, or if there are enough. Yeah. When she is doing something official. Is she a singer? Yeah, that's right. She's a okay. singer. So an official opening of the, the, uh, the, the World Series, uh, final of the uh, in Wimbledon, or whatever. Maybe singing in the White House. Yep, there you go. So that's the way I will do it. All right, Dr. Lewin. But it would be a waste of my time. <laughs> well, you could win a lot of money, though. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I will let you win that money. All right. Follow my instructions, and who knows, you will get it. We got a note from John. He says he listens to our show while walking through Chicago to and from the train. So, uh, John, these next 15 seconds are for you. The, this is a good. This is a good walking song. The problem is, um, it might make you start crying too. Yeah, we shouldn't talk. I've been out walking. I don't do too much talking these days. These days. These days, I seem to think a lot about the things that I forgot to do. It's auto show season. This is the time of year when car makers are unveiling all their new cars. And uh, when you design a new cool car, uh, you can't just design it in a factory. You have to take it out into the street to test it. But you don't want people seeing your cool new design before you're ready to reveal it. So what they do is they hire guys to camouflage the cars. Lionel Perkins does this for General Motors. So, Lionel, my, my understanding is that you guys, the, the car camo guys, you're like the, uh, the CIA, the secret agents of the auto industry. Is that, is that about right? Okay, I, I agree to that. Sure. So, and so what are you guys doing? Like, what is, what is car camo? What is car camo? It is uh, securing our prototype vehicles in order so I will testers can drive and uh, finish up their testing. And we're just trying to keep our secrets to our seat to ourselves until it's time. And also to be a little deceptive. So for people that haven't seen a car that's in camo, can you describe uh, for our, our radio listeners what a, a camouflaged car looks like? Basically, a camouflaged vehicle, I wanted to give it a stealth look, and I wanted to kind of ride down the road almost like a ugly brick, you know, just an ugly car in general. Well, it almost looks like these cars have like an outer layer of like shrink wrap on them. So like the, the, the shape, the detail is obscured, right? That is true. 
We usually call that a sort of like a decal or it can be made out of some type of vinyl wallpapering kind of thing. Really? Yeah. So uh, what parts of the car are you trying to hide? All of it. <laughs> and uh, ha- so let's say, I don't know, what's, what's the last car you worked on? I would say the Corvette. Okay. So what when you see this design for the new Corvette, What's the first thing you start thinking? What's the first thing I start thinking? Uh, I get excited about the vehicle, and that's the number one thing. And then also how I'm going to keep this to myself and keep it from everyone else from knowing about it. And when it's time to reveal it at the auto show, we want the rest of the world to be excited about it. So before that, though, what your job is is to basically create a mask for that that Corvette. That is correct. We create a mask. Uh, we look for areas that are most important from a design perspective that we want to keep uh, hidden. So is it possible that I could see a car if I, as I'm driving to work that is is camoed? Correct. Sure. Really? That's crazy. Everywhere. every day. Yeah. Our testers, they have to get a lot of real-world driving, so you might have somebody right side of you with the next-gen whatever. So like that clunker junky car that I see might actually be a car in camouflage. That is correct. Well, not the clunker. If it's got the cladding on it, that's, that's what you'll know that it's camouflage. Oh, or if awesome. you see zebra tape or something on it. Yeah, the zebra tape, that's the stuff that it sort of looks like an optical illusion when you look at the car. Perfect. Yes, that is correct. Are you, are you with some other uh, uh, car camo spies in the background there? I'm with my management, my manager, Okay. And my my counterpart. All right. All right. The, the whole team is there. <laughs> yes, you can say that. The whole team is with me. Now, I... Would, do you mind if I introduce, they introduce themselves to you? Oh, please. Go ahead, guys. Hi, uh, hi guys. My name's Wayne Prohaska. Nice to meet you. Good to hey, meet you. Wayne. I'm Bob Esterdahl. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. I feel like you guys have led us into your inner sanctum here. This is a kind of an honor for us. Uh, yes, it is. It's not something I like to do quite a bit. <laughs> when you guys, uh, when, when somebody asks you what you do, and, and you, uh, do you have a hard time explaining your job? Because I think this is something a lot of people don't know even happens. Yes, it's a little challenging because I know some things that I probably don't want to tell no one about. Like so what, just, for example? <laughs> up, upcom- upcoming programs and things of that nature. They know I work for General Motors, but I just kind of say I'm just a designer, design engineer, and I leave it at that. Well, here's here's a question for you guys. I uh, drive a minivan, but I okay, would love I it. Do too. Okay, is there anything you guys can recommend so I can camouflage my van so it looks like a Corvette? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You can't make a mistake with a Corvette. <laughs> it's just the overall shape of a Corvette. There's nothing I can really do with that to change a. Uh, a minivan into a Corvette. Well, yeah, because the minivan can't get smaller, so maybe the idea would make a to make a giant Corvette. Oh uh, yeah, I'll probably make your vehicle look more like a semi or something like that. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Well, Lionel, thank you so much for for talking us through this. No problem, sir. All right, guys, have a good day. Thank All right, bye bye. We are still collecting your uh, Toilet of the Week submissions. You can send them to howto at npr.org. And this week, we got a video. Our first video submission 
It's from Barbara. She's at the garage in Bozeman, Montana. Isn't this what? This is all mirrored. This is the best bathroom ever. Oh my God. Let's look up. Everywhere you look, it's a mirror. Uh, wow. And how many bathrooms have sunscreen, mouthwash, hand cream, toothpicks, girl and boy deodorant, and air freshener? I mean, how considerate is this? This is Bozeman. Terrible. All right, we will uh, put the video on our website so you can um, see the toilet you just heard. But in the meantime, congratulations, Barbara. You have our toilet of the week. <laughs> that does it for this week's show. What did we learn, Ian? I learned that um, when you want sports advice, you you need to go to a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. Can you imagine what Sports Center would be like if instead of two people going over plays at a desk, it was nine judges in robes just sort of solemnly describing the plays? It would be so boring. Yeah. Are you going to bet on the Super Bowl this weekend? Knowing, I mean, having talked to RJ, are you going to make any bets? You know what? Let's try right now. Let's make a bet. Oh, awesome. I have a coin. So, uh, what do you want to bet? You want to bet? I bet heads. Okay. And that leaves me really no choice but tails. Yeah. Um, what are we betting? Winner has to finish the podcast. Okay. So, if it's heads... That's a terrible bet for me. If it's heads, you have to finish the podcast all by yourself. And if it's tails, I have to finish the podcast all by myself. Okay. It's heads. Oh, awesome. I won. How to Do Everything is produced by Blythe Hega with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Ian Chillog. Congratulations, Ian. Keep up the good work. Sorry to see you go. You can send us your questions at howto at npr.org and visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm Mike. Thanks. <laughs>